Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Last 2019 season podcast um, coming to you tonight. It's championship week. Joining me to break down the championship matchup is from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. Oh, championship week, baby. Let's go. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. No problem. Um, also joining us tonight, a member of the championship game uh, from Take Your Ball and Go Home, Shane Stein. Hey, Matt. It's good to be here. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, finally be back in the championship round from uh, five years ago. Yes. First appearance since the uh, 2015 heartbreak, so we're going to try to make things turn out a little bit better in our favor this time. Yep. Back in the game since 2015 when uh, Frank Gore cost you the title. Or the, I guess it wasn't really Frank Gore's fault. It was your fault for not playing Frank Gore. Ooh. Yeah, <clears throat> still stings. People don't had forget. The, had the pre, pre-pod, pre-championship pre pod that year. Said Frank Gore was going to be a top five running back in the bold predictions. He certainly was. <laughs> but he was on my bench. And uh, cost me the title that year. A lot of pain, so I'm going to try to make the right decisions this week, and hopefully we can bring one home. Was that the week you were facing, like, Matt Asiata or something? No, that was no. – uh, it's, it's funny you say that because I'm pretty sure I was going to name drop Matt Asiata later <laughs> during this during this episode. I probably still will. Um, but, no, that was a couple of years before that. Okay. We were, trying to, we were talking about that at baseball tonight. We actually think that – I played Matt Asiata against you, Phil. That's what it was. Um, yeah, in the in the Sister Ida League, the the league before this one. And I, I think I made fun of you for it too. And I watched it at your house as you scored touchdowns on me. That would yeah, that sounds <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, I haven't had good luck against you. Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of interesting we were also talking so shane and i play against each other in our other two leagues in the championship and uh we had a real chance to get the the trifecta here um if i had played robert woods against shane in the 13 shane and i would be playing in this title game too so <laughs> kind of crazy <clears throat> good year for a good year for the baggers all around um, all right, so I have a trivia question, and Shane has one as well. Mine, I think, is relatively easy, but it's kind of fun. So, obviously, we are in the heart of fantasy football playoffs with the NFL playoffs uh, incoming. And we're also at the end of a decade here. And we saw a certain quarterback break the career all-time touchdown record um, on Monday night, Drew Brees and the Big Easy. Uh, just a pathetic effort from the Colts, honestly. But uh, my question to tie all those things together, Drew Brees has four playoff wins from 2010 to 2019. That's, first of all, very surprising to me that he only has four playoff wins with how good some of those Saints teams have been. Um, there are... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven quarterbacks that have as many or more playoff wins than Drew Brees in that time span. So, eleven NFL quarterbacks from 2010 to 2019 that have at least four playoff wins. 
Mark Sanchez. He has two. <laughs> so your first guess was Mark Sanchez. I can't believe he that that can't be right. Mark Sanchez only has two. All right. You're Well, the 2010 Super Bowl, I believe, was Colts Saints. Yeah. So I think he did most of his damage before that year, honestly. So Oh, from 2000. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Well, I didn't know we were going to be jumping off the cliff right away and being just dumb. Any, anyone want to take the low um, hanging? How about here? we go with Thomas Brady? He is 16. Peyton Manning. Um, Manning has five. Let's go with Manning. Only five. Wow. <sighs> All right. He missed the year in that stretch, too, I believe. Let's go with. Love that subtle only five dig. You're a dick. <laughs> um, I'll let you have that one. So I'll go with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has eight. All right. I just want to clarify something. Mark Sanchez is correct. 2009 postseason in the wild card round took place January 9th. 2010 at Paul Brown Stadium. Sanchez beat the Bengals. I'm just saying he had two wins in 2000. The year 2010 was the 2009 season. You're right. But the question was 2010, not season 2010. Oh, my God. Way to validate Uh, your terrible guess. I can't wait to hear how Joe Mixon was a great pick. Let's go. Wait, are you talking about RB1 Joe Mixon? Um, I'll go with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he also is five, tied with Manning. Oh wow, that was uh, <clears throat> that was my next guess. Um, I will go with. So we got Manning, Brady, Roethlisberger, Wilson. I will go with. How about how about Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco is seven. He's fourth on this list, one behind Russell Wilson. Oh, I, I have a good one. Um, hopefully this doesn't alienate too many of our listeners. How about Colin Kaepernick? Colin Kaepernick has four. Yeah, he was my next guest, so good guess, Will. He is tied for seventh with, well, yeah, there's a bunch of guys that have four, obviously. All right, so we got Manning, Brady, Roethlisberger, Wilson, Flacco, Kaepernick, and there's 11. So there are one, yes, five left. Oh, my goodness. You guys are missing number two and then all the other ones that are tied with Kaepernick. All right. Well, let's go with um, – I feel like Rodgers has to have four. Rodgers is second with nine. Yeah. Ah, oh, shit. Um All right, so huh. four, four quarterbacks left with four wins. Huh. <clears throat> did we? I'm I'm sorry if this was said. Did Did you guys say Nick Foles? Nick Foles is correct, and he was not said. Okay. 
Mm, my God. How about thinking of playoff runs? Two of the three left played in the Super Bowl in that era, so probably a good bet on them. Yeah, that was my next guess. It was going to be Matty Ice. Matty Ice also has, has four. Do they start a Super Bowl? Is that what you're saying? Or played in? <laughs> um, I can't think of a time a quarterback got hurt mid-game. Well, I mean. So, yeah. Somebody like an Alex Smith that might have been on the roster wasn't the start. Um, I'm not guessing Alex Smith, but I'm just giving an example. Um, Alex Smith tied with Mark Sanchez, too. I, I said I wasn't guessing. I know. I'm just, <laughs> letting you, I'm just letting you know. I was giving you an example of what I was – okay. You're um, all over the twos, though, Phil. Nice job. No, well, technically four, um, but we don't have to be technical and correct in this. Um, let's see. <sighs> I'm going to go with Cam Newton. Cam Newton is three. Good oh. I think I have another one. Good. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck has four. That's correct. There's one left. There's one left. Super Bowl. Hmm. Currently one game over under 500 for his career. Oh. The great book of Eli. Eli Manning, that's correct. That's a good one. Uh, the 2011 run, yeah. Yeah. So, that's pretty good job, guys. He won all four of them that year, right? I think so, they yeah. Were I wild think they card. were a wild card. Yeah. 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 All right, Shane, you have a trivia question, too, you said. I do. Um, we'll go through it quick. This one's a pretty easy one, I believe. Um a lot is said in our league about how important running backs are. Um, I think with the way the Super Bowl in our league this year is set up, I think it's going to come down to receiver play is going to play a huge factor in in, uh, in who wins the, t- the championship this this year. Um, there are currently eighteen players that have over a thousand receiving yards this year. Michael Thomas obviously leads the way. He's going to play a big factor, obviously, in this year's Super Bowl. He leads the way with 1,552, head and shoulders above everyone else. I'm looking for the other 17 players that have over 1,000 receiving yards so far this year. Phil? You want to start or should I? I'll, uh, I'll go with Julio. Julio Jones has 1,150. He he is fifth overall. Uh, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's number two, 13.33. Mike Evans. Mike Evans is number four, 11.57. Okay. Um, what was Evans four, he said? Yep. So Thomas is one. I'm counting as one. Yeah. We would have got him, I think. Yes, I think so. Um, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is on the list. One thousand and thirty-one yards. Just got it this past week. Yep. Is he last? He is twelfth. Twelfth. All right. All right. How about Sutton? 
Cortland Sutton is 15th. He has 1,019. Are they, and you said wide receivers, right? Um, or did you say that? I, <laughs> I said well, I, did, I did say receiving yards. Um, there is a tight a couple tight ends okay. on the list. All right. Well, I know Kelsey's over a thousand, so I'll say Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is seventh, eleven thirty-one. Hmm. How about DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins also on the curtain is sixth, eleven forty-two. So he has seven, six, and one thrown out there this this week. Oh man, that's brutal for you. Yeah, that's that's not not good stuff. Too bad. Um I'm trying to think who the Pro Bowlers were. I think there's Oh well I think this guy's on the list. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is on the list. He's ninth. thousand and seventy three. I guess Jarvis Landry. Tied for eighth, sorry. Jarvis Landry is on the list as well. 16th, also on the curtain. 1,018. Reason for, reason for every question. <laughs> Four players from the curtain. Main reason for the question on this list, over 1,000. Well, I'll say a guy in the title game that can't be played this week, Smoke Brown. Smoke Brown is right behind Jarvis Landry, 17th, 1,007. Man, this guy just can't get into a lineup. Cannot get into a lineup championship weekend. Some some guy named Patrick Laird, fullback from Akron, Ohio, is in the lineup this week, and not John Brown. Um, hmm. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's on the list. He's eleventh, thousand forty-six. Can I take every player on the Eagles combined <laughs> at 1,001 yards? No, I'm just kidding. Um, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker's not there. Surprising. Ooh. 21st, he has 954. He must have a ton of touchdowns then. He has eight. Okay. Pretty yeah, good. but he's trending in the right direction. Super keeper. Uh how about Amari Cooper? How about that guy? Uh, Amari Cooper's eighth. He has 1,073. God, who's third? That was kind of one of the shockers. I was like, wow. Oh, I, I know who it is. Can I go? No. No, it's, it's not turn. your turn. I'm feeling good, though. Um... You guys got four names left? Five names left. Oh, come on. This is... I think DJ Chark's going to be on this list. DJ Chark. DJ Chark is 20th. He's not on the list. 9.56. Oh, I need a minute because that was my guess. I was really excited about it. Hmm. His his brother is on the list. Not DJ Chark's brother? Yeah. It's not his blood relative. But they do share a surname. <laughs> oh my god. Um uh... I'll go with 
Tyler Boyd? Tyler Boyd's not on the list. He's 31st, 859. Um, oh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore is on yeah. the list. He's third, 1174. Wow. <clears throat> I remember telling you guys that the top five and receiving were all in the NFC South. Yep. That's great year for DJ Moore. I can't believe he's third. You're missing 10, 13, 14, and 18. Oh, my God. All of these players will play huge factors in the championship games this week, Haas. Yeah, no, I I have two. Just not just not in Soffle. Yeah, I have two guesses ready to go. Oh, that's not a fair question, right? <laughs> um I'm just going to say McLaurin. I don't know. No, McLaurin's 32nd. He has 833. Let's go with Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay's 10. He has 1,052. Uh, how about Tyler Lockett? Tyler Lockett's 19th. He's the next one in line. 994. Wow. That was my guess there. About um, that uh, goose egg in week 13. <laughs> yeah. Alan Robinson, I think, is on this list, though. He is. He's 13th, 1,023. Great year. Great bounce back year for, for A-Rob. Two left. Um... How many games? Uh, I'm going to go with – I don't think it's right, but I'm just going to guess Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's not on the list. He's 40th. He has 727. Yeah. Um, Julian Edelman? Julian Edelman's 14th. Always forgotten about future Hall of Famer Julian Edelman. <laughs> 1,019. Never made a Pro Bowl. Nope. It's meaningless. Um, I'm out. I'm embarrassing uh, myself. Uh, my last guess, I don't think it's right because no, I can't guess him. Never mind. I was going to say Devonte Adams, but I don't think he's on that list. He's not on the list. He's 35th. Um, the last guy on the list, you should know who it is, Cause, because he Waller. he is a desert dog, and his name is Darren Waller. I knew it. Damn it! Just got over it this last week. He has a thousand and one yards this year. Wow, keeper value. Yeah. Re- right. Reason for every question. Man, I can't believe you didn't make the playoff. Yeah. All right. Good question. Some sneaky keeper value for the Desert Dogs. 2020. Yep. <laughs> What's McCaffrey at? Uh, eight, he's at eight something. Let me look. It's pretty good. Nah, I, I just closed it out. That's all right. I was just curious if he was close. All right, so we're going to do a little, a little different format tonight for the podcast. 
Um, I'm not going to talk about the third place game because I don't even think the guys in that game care about it. Um, obviously, sure versus Bowl. You guys can tell me who you think is going to win that game. That'll be the extent of our coverage. Sure. Um, I haven't even looked at it, but I'll go with sure. Right now, sure is projected to win by six points. So, um, good guess, guys. Um, <clears throat> did, did you see some, somebody tweeted out? Speaking of sure's team, somebody tweeted out the only person close to costing himself as much money this season as Antonio Brown was Melvin Gordon with how badly he's played. Oh my God, this guy. Talk about playing yourself out of a contract. The worst thing he did was report. Yeah. Seven for 28, 12 for 55, eight for 31, 16 carries for 32 yards. Um, who's going to pay that guy? Those are some mixing numbers right there, man. Hell yeah, they are. <laughs> RB1. He's Mixon's 13th in our league. Oh, he's still 13th? I thought with this huge game last week, he would have moved up. No, Gurley had a good enough game to stay in front of him. Yeah, that guy's a big key. What was what was he? Thirty five bucks. He's a good keeper. No, I think he was twenty nine. He's worth it. All right. Um, so we're gonna do a little different format for the championship game. We're gonna go um, spot by spot in the lineup, assuming you guys are gonna play all the people that are in right now, and just kind of break down who has the advantage in each matchup. Um, so we'll start at the quarterback, start at the top. Drew <clears throat> um, Brees at Tennessee for the curtain. And then the T-Baggers are going to counter with Aaron Rodgers on Monday night at Minnesota. I guess like that one's going to shake out. Yeah, I'll kick it off here um, by saying that I think that I have to win this particular matchup to <coughs> if, I, if I plan on winning this week. Um, I, I see this one pretty much deadlocked. I, I think that both quarterbacks score right around the 20-point mark, maybe a little less. Um, I don't know that it's a huge week from either, but I think they're both both uh, going to put up decent numbers enough to get close to 20. Um, let me. I'll start off by saying I don't love either matchup, but my God – the Vikings haven't give up, haven't given up double digit points on defense since October 13th. So I, I really hate that matchup for, for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, give me breeze. I think Eddie has the, has the edge there. Um, I'm going to take, I think, uh, I think Shane has the edge here. Obviously I'm going to go on the opposite. Phil, that doesn't surprise Shane. Hmm. Um, Embrace debate. I just, I don't like Breeze on the road late in the season. I think it's going to be fairly cold in that game. Um, so I think that shakes out well for Shane. I, like, I, I agree with Shane. that I don't think it's a big edge either way. Um, but I think Shane wins that one. All right, next spot in the lineup. The curtain's going to run out Devontae Freeman in a juicy matchup against Jacksonville at home. And then Shane is going to counter with James Conner at the Jets. Yeah, give me Devontae Freeman. Um, it's a bounce-back week for Freeman this week. Gets a tough matchup last week against the Niners front. and 
gets to go home and play against Jacksonville, who's just awful. Um, we we got to we got to witness what Connor was last week. Um, he's still not a completely healthy. It was clear. Um, that being said, Steelers are pretty much fighting for their playoff lives this week. Um, so I'm expecting and hoping that they they beat Connor to death and say, "Hey, we need this one." I don't know that they're going to do it. I thought they would have did it last week, but they didn't. But it's Devontae Freeman here. Um, he definitely gets in the end zone at least once. It, it's Connor, and it's it's not close. Um, to your point, the, the Steelers are playing for their playoff lives. They have no reason for any kind of maintenance on Connor. It's not like they even consider him for a, a long-term deal in that offense. And we've seen – Samuels get touches and not do anything with them. We've seen Benny Snell fumble the ball. This is going to be a huge Connor game. He's going to get at least 20 touches. I don't know how productive he'll be with those 20. I, I think he scores at least 15 points and gets in the end zone this week. But to me, it's it's a no-brainer. He's And again, they're, they're, go, they're going against Le'Veon Bell too, so I, I think they're going to try and make a statement with Connor in, in, in that area too. I'm going to pick Connor as well. I'm with Phil on this one. Um, Freeman has struggled to get in the end zone this year. So I think that's um, a good thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if this Jacksonville team comes out with a little bit of fire this week. Um, Tom Coughlin out of town. I think that made everybody in Jacksonville happy. Um, Just that never seemed like a good fit there. And um, I think that the Steelers are going to want to show – Le'Veon, what he's missing on uh, on the other side. So, I like Connor in this one. Yeah, Devontae Freeman, only four touchdowns this year and, and only one of them on the ground. Yes. It's just really uh, bizarre. Yeah, really bizarre. He did miss a couple games, but yeah, he hasn't been very good. They've also been in some just really upside-down games that like the Falcons overall have been so inconsistent that it's, it's tough to rely on them. <clears throat> All right, next matchup is Raheem Mostert home against the Rams. And Shane's going to counter with Patrick Laird at home against Cincinnati. Oh, again, it's it's Colonel Mustard. Um, or Mozart, as Phil would like to say. <laughs> um, saw the Rams defense last week against Zeke. A little different running back, obviously. Zeke's a stud. Um I think the Mostert guy is pretty good, though, too. And that Rams rush defense looked like they had given up. Um, they were just beaten, exhausted, and didn't look like they wanted to be on the field. Um, I, I, I got to believe that, that Mostert is, is going to be carrying the load, and I, I like him to get about 14 to 15 points this week. Uh this is going to be Mozart Symphony this week. I, I, I got a, I got a good lean on it. Look, it's not as much as how much uh, I, I like Mozart. He, he's he's going to have a fine week. It's it's more of layered, and I just uh, after last week, I, I have no no confidence whatsoever in supporting him. And Shane, you're wild if you're keeping Smokey on the bench. I, I more power to you. Not a not a move I would make. But man, talk about rolling the dice. You like you like Brown being shadowed by Gilmore. You like that? It, it doesn't mean he's going to be shadowed the whole game. 
I think I think that's what's going to happen. Look, we don't we don't know what this Patriot defense is going to be able to do without having all the signals taped from the sideline. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> that's for another podcast. I'll take Mostert in the slightest edge. I don't think either of these guys gets enough volume um, to really outscore the other one. So um, I think Laird might catch a couple more balls than Mostert, and that might keep this thing closer, but I'll give Mostert the slight edge. Uh, At the wide receiver one spot, Jarvis Landry, home game against Baltimore. Cooper Cup, road game against San Francisco. Um, this is easy for me. This is Landry because uh, Mayfield greater than golf, unfortunately, as a Rams fan to say that. Yeah, this one, um, it's Jarvis Landry. Um, God, Jared Goff is just terrible. He's awful at football. Um, I, I basically just – been so lucky and fortunate with Cup the last few weeks, getting in the end zone all three weeks, and especially last week. Obviously, we'll get to just garbage, um, the absolute garbage touchdown with thirty seconds left or whatever it was, losing by forty. Um, yeah, it's Jarvis Landry in this one, and I'm a little worried about the Landry matchup. I, th- I think he catches about nine to ten balls this week. I, I think this one's really close. Um... I, I do think Landry ha- has a good game, I, I but for for the Rams wide receiver carousel, <coughs> I like I like Cup this week. I don't know why. I just I've got to lean on Cup. I but I I do think Landry inches him out uh, a, a little bit because Cleveland's going to be throwing it a little bit more against Baltimore. Yeah, Landry last time against Baltimore, eight for one sixty-seven is not a uh, not a line I want to see put up this week. That's so. Still- that's okay. one of those game. That's one of those games this year that you look back on and you're like, "How the hell did that happen?" It's a it's a Saints Falcons game. The first time they played, it just doesn't make any sense. And how the NFL stays so unpredictable. The Browns shit on them in that game. It was yeah, yeah. it was embarrassing. Yeah. Um, wide receiver, wide receiver two spot, DeAndre Hopkins at Tampa Bay. <laughs> 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 And then countering with Eddie's playoff nightmare from 2018, Mike Williams against Oakland. Uh, the last time Eddie lined up against Mike Williams in the playoffs, I believe he scored three touchdowns, one of which was a rushing touchdown, uh, leading Spears to victory over him in last year's semifinal. This isn't <laughs> close, though. This, this, this uh, is Hopkins big. Man, this is, this is DeAndre Hopkins. Um... Eddie in another a dream, dream matchup here. Um, Tampa Bay pass defense. Uh, only I think the Eagles are the only team that are probably, probably worse if they're if they even are. Arizona. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's there's there's no argument to be made. I'm trying to catch lightning in a bottle here with Williams. You hope he catches a 60 yard bomb for a touchdown um, to make the difference. Um, but it, it's Hopkins with another 100 yard game here and most likely a score. Hopkins and and it's it's not close, not even on the same like map. That's how big no. this separation is. It, it feels like a wide receiver one versus a wide receiver four matchup. Yes, that's right where Shane wants to be. Uh, tight end also fairly lopsided. Uh, the matchups may make it a little closer, but Travis Kelsey at Chicago, 
uh, versus Mark Andrews at Cleveland. Yeah, man. I mean, this is just murderer's row going down the list. Um, again, it's, it's, it's Kelsey over Andrews. Um, Andrews has been solid this year, but I mean, you're, you're looking at ever since the first two weeks of the season, he hasn't really gotten a whole lot of volume. Touchdowns have, have saved him all year. So without getting in the end zone, he's, he's not really a great play, but I don't know that I have a better option. Um, hoping that maybe Gerald Everett doesn't play and maybe I slide Higby back in there, but it's Kelsey again. I mean, even if Everett doesn't play, Kelsey's due for a few touchdowns. I mean, he hasn't had a multi-touchdown game this season. His last two weeks, seven for 66, 11 for 142, even going back three weeks, five for 90. With Tyreek Hill opening up the field, there's going to be plenty of room for Kelsey to feast. Kelsey, and it's not close. You can't play two Rams receivers in this game. I, you can't do it. So you have to play Andrews. But yeah. with that being said, uh, Kelsey wins this matchup. Flex one spot. This is uh, this is the marquee matchup, I guess, right? Yeah, these are the two best players on uh, both teams. <clears throat> it's kind of embarrassing that we have to call Mike Thomas a flex. <laughs> um, hopefully, hopefully Tennessee employs a different strategy than the Colts did, which was to put nobody on Michael Thomas. Um, but Thomas at Tennessee, and Shane's got Chris Carson home against Arizona. Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, um, against pretty much all conventional wisdom, just the way these matchups are set, the way we're doing this, I'm going to take Carson over Thomas this week. Um, I agree. Obviously, it's you don't really want to bet against Mike Thomas, but I will say this for Michael Thomas: he's ten catches short of Marvin Harrison's single season record. Um, I just feel like the Saints are going to be the team that want to do that at home. <laughs> um, at least that's what I'm telling myself in my head, and they're going to maybe let him catch eight balls this week instead of twelve. And so they can break the record at home next week against Carolina and they can stop the game and do their little celebration with their crowd. So I think it's it's Chris Carson by a little bit. This, I mean, this whole matchup to me, all things considered is going to be that, that Titans game and whether or not Drew Brees can go on the road after a huge game Monday night and light it up. Um, I don't know if he can. The, the, the Titans are a, they're they're a good team now. Um, I am I'm going to go with Carson because of the matchup, but it's it's really close. I feel like you're going to need Carson to score twice in this one. Yep, I'm going to need the same thing I got from him last week, pretty much again. I'm going to need that over a hundred two scores. Um, why is Tennessee favored in this game? See? They are, right? I thought the Saints were like minus one and a half or something oh, really? last time okay. I looked. Okay. Um, it could have changed. Let me take a look, quick look here. No, I think it was it was it was maybe like a pick when it opened or something. It, it, it opened that. at minus one and a half, New Orleans. It's minus two and a half right now. Okay, I was gonna say that just feels like they're begging you to take New Orleans though, which the, is odd. They are, they are big time 
after that Monday night game, they're begging you to take New Orleans. So that could that could fare well for you, Shane. Uh, but I'll take Carson in this one. I think um, I think it could be by about five or six points. Last matchup, Rashad Perryman, uh, the only wide receiver I think wearing a jersey this week for Tampa Bay, um, in an offense that literally only throws the football against uh, Miles Sanders home against Dallas in the biggest game of the NFC East. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Um, It's one that I'm probably going to have to win again. Um, I'm going to have to win this matchup right here to have a chance. Uh, Miles Sanders looked good last week. I know it was the Redskins that are are not very good. Um, It it finally seemed like, all right, we're going to get him the ball a lot. And, and see what he can do. And he, and he broke out finally in a, in a much needed spot for me. Um, I think, but I'm not exactly sure what the exact quote was, but I think they were talking about the Tampa Bay wide receivers and who was going to be playing this year, this week to uh, Jay Boo. And he said something along the lines of they going to get that rock. So <laughs> that was, that was about OJ Howard and Cameron Brady. Oh, uh, Okay. He walked into the locker room, I think, Tuesday morning before practice and grabbed his tight ends and said, you guys going to get that rock this week. So, <laughs> um, so I'm hoping yeah. – hopefully he doesn't get the rock to the tight ends and not Perriman, but I, I think this one is Sanders by a point or two. It's close. Maybe like 12 to 11. <laughs> um. I like I like Perriman big this week. What a great pickup by Eddie before the game started on Sunday. Oh my god! Um, I, I I went back and looked at the waiver wire. I couldn't believe it. So good on him. Perriman's got it. Just a dream situation. Godwin's not playing, right? Has he been rolled out yet? Yes. Yeah. I give me give me Perriman. I will say this is the one matchup in Eddie's um, – or one spot in Eddie's roster that I think is most likely subject to change. Um, I think once he gets some clarity in that Minnesota backfield, I think he could slide one of Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, or Mike Boone into that slot. I think he's just waiting to see what's going to happen there. I think Dalvin has been ruled – he hasn't been ruled out, but there was a report that he's not going to – Unlikely to play. play, yeah. yeah. So it really comes down to if Madison's rolled out or not, if he's willing to roll the dice with Mike Boone. Um, interesting, and I I completely – well, at first I should say I, I would take Perriman in this matchup. Um, I don't think it's by a ton, but just in terms of volume. Um, what I was going to say is it's interesting, I think, that in maybe one of the better matchups <clears throat> David Montgomery will see all season – that Eddie's not running him out there. So, home game against the bad Chiefs run defense. Um, I don't think I could play Montgomery either, but I don't know how many better games you're going to get from Montgomery. Yeah, I think I think Eddie just has better options than Montgomery this week. I don't, yeah. I don't know anywhere that I would that I would play him over someone here that he's got in. Um, I, I wouldn't play Montgomery ever, so I completely understand that. Yeah, I just don't know that there's anywhere you can fit him into your lineup. I do think he has an okay game Sunday night, but I, I just 
I don't know that there's anyone I would take out for him. That is going to be an interesting situation, though, what he does there. Does he roll with Perriman? Or, I mean, if Mike, if Mike Boone, if, it, if it's said that Cook and Madison are both out, I mean, do you do you roll the dice on Mike Boone Monday night? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I – it's going to be interesting to see what Eddie, Eddie comes up with there. Um. I mean, it would be nice to have the lead back against the Packers. I would, I would imagine, at home. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Devo Samuel also on Eddie's bench. I think he's got a good matchup too. I would imagine Jalen Ramsey's going to spend most of the game on Emmanuel Sanders. So I don't think he'll play Samuel, but I think he'll have a have a nice game as well. But look at Shane's bench: um, John Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Odell Beckham Jr., um, Tyler Higby, Danny Amendola. So. A lot of uh, a lot of pass catchers there on that bench. I'm not, sure <laughs> any, not sure any of them are worth playing over any of the guys you have in. I think you have your optimal lineup in right there. So yeah, I mean, if you would have told me at the start of the year I was going to play for the championship and I wasn't going to be able to start Juju Beckham, <laughs> like well, I guess those two guys and Mike Evans and, and Mike <laughs> Evans, I wasn't going to be able to play them. <laughs> like I would just be like, yeah, whatever, you're you're high, but. Uh, <laughs> It's honestly like I I can't play any of those guys this week. So, like, which which one of those guys could could fit in the roster? I mean, I mean, maybe maybe Beckham. I, I don't know. Feel good about any of it? No. Um, still some days left. Still some maneuvering to be made. Um, not sure that my my roster is completely set yet. Um. There still might be room for like a a Randall Cobb or a Greg Ward here. There's there's still some names in my in the back of my head that have that I've been throwing around. Um, some real dog shit, I'm sure. So absolutely, um, <laughs> some some definite some definite guys that I, I've been I've been looking at. I want to I want to see some injury reports, see some see some uh, some more news, some practice reports and stuff coming out in the next couple of days to see on some guys. So. I'm not. I'm not sold that that uh, the lineup you see, the matches we just went through, is what's actually going to play out. So, so who do you guys give the edge to where it stands right now? It's got to be the curtain. Yeah. Um, just looking at all the matchups, it's Eddie's had the best team now for a while. Besides for your team, cause um, even even so, I still think Eddie's team is probably the best. Um, it's got to be advantage curtain. I think I think the curtain take this one. And honestly, I I don't know that it's close. Yeah, I I I agree. I I, I think Eddie's just got a, a better roster, top to bottom. I mean, even if you go back and change the trade that you made, Shane, I don't, I don't think you have any of the firepower to keep up with Eddie's team in this one. Just despite some of the matchups, I Eddie's team's too good. I give it to the curtain. The only guy Shane's probably kicking himself about right now is he said he didn't need or want Joe Mixon. And you'd probably like to put him in your lineup right now against Miami this week. Yeah, unfortunately Mixon was gonna be on my squad and then it just kinda whatever happened in that deal. <laughs> just ended up not on my team somehow and also Emmanuel Sanders ended up not on my team 
Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely would like to be running Joe Mixon out there this week. That's for sure. Um, definitely look good in my RB two slot over uh, over Laird. Um, but yeah, this it looks like a, a definite Shane Stein teabag roster here going into a, a title game. Um, I, I've I've won with worse. Let's put it that way. I did see there was a player last week um, in typical fashion, got himself off the Seawolves and then scored two touchdowns. That would be Ricky Seals Jones. <laughs> so as soon as, uh, as soon as he got himself off that team, he decided it was time to start performing. So it's a toxic environment. <laughs> yeah. I would hate playing for the Redskins of fantasy football too. So yeah. Bad owner. <laughs> I mean, right. I would be remiss if I didn't send some apologies to Dylan Bull and the Bull Weevils oh, God. Um, yeah. about what happened last week. Um, I don't know for anyone that was following. I mean, that was that was bad. I've I've won some dirty games in the past. I've had some some really really incredible fancy luck, but I think it was probably the most I've ever had. And I think it was about there was about seven minutes left in that Dallas Cowboys Rams game. And I was down about six or seven points to bowl and that it wasn't looking good. The, the Cleveland game looked like it was over. I texted him. I was like, Hey, good win. Your team was really good this year. Good luck. And <laughs> imme- immediately like a minute or two after the, the Browns go down the field and he's just targeting Beckham the whole time. Um, Beckham gets tackled at the one. I thought it was over. And then the Cowboys Rams game, the Rams, the Rams, every pass went to Higby and Cup. They they score. They kick an onside kick and almost get it. Don't get it. And then Tony Pollard, for some reason, runs for like a 50-yard touchdown, does not go down, and gives the ball right back, and the Rams go right down the field. Cup and Higby on every play again. And Cup scores with 30 seconds left. Um, Justice. Pretty much ice ices the game and puts me up like 19 going into that Monday night game. It, it was, it was actually it would have been only could have been worse if Bull had played Curtis Samuel, like he had in he had Samuel in the lineup earlier in the day, and the Cup touchdown would have been the play that won the matchup and would have been the last play for anyone. <laughs> it would have been one on that play right there. I mean, I would have felt even more sick to my stomach. That was just, but yeah, it was. I've never seen anything like that. I score. I I literally went on like a thirty to to three run in the next like ten minutes after I texted him. Bull did text me after all that happened, and just his his only words were, "I want to puke." <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, that was that was bad. It was it was pretty bad. Yeah. So that's where we're at. All three of us projecting. That Eddie's name will be on the trophy and will be awarded the the cash at the playoff party on January fourth. I'll be sending an email out tomorrow. We're going to do three thirty at Fedley's house, um, so we'll get two playoff games and some good fantasy football discussion. I expect a lot of talk about trading draft cash, salary cap, all kinds of stuff. Um, Butler, bring bring your rule changes. Any any rule changes you want to make this year? Yeah, you get first dibs. Yeah, um, <laughs> hopefully we can get Butler there. Just to wish him well in his fantasy football career. Any uh, any rule changes coming up for votes at the party? 
Um, nothing official. I will put it. I'll put that out there. I think we are obviously going to talk about, you know, if we're going to continue to trade draft cash, and uh, coinciding with that, um, I do want to have a discussion about whether or not we want to maintain a three hundred salary cap. Um, if we need to move that number at all, um, or if we want to hold everything as is. Um, it's very difficult for me to keep up with it throughout the year. So that's one thing. Um, and with some guys having 250 to spend in the draft, you're not going to really have much room to acquire a big dollar player if we have the, the cap at 300. So a lot of stuff that needs to be chatted about. I'm not even sure we'll come to definite answers, um, but we need to put some things up for consideration. Uh, I don't think there's anything anything too major other than those two things. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts that you want to share now, or no. I guess we'll save it for the party. We'll have yeah. we have a big group there. We'll discuss. Um... I mean, the only thing I would throw out there as far as a major change goes is. The, the super flex option and not putting it into effect this year, but potentially next year, if that's something we want to consider. Yeah, that's always been a discussion. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully we, I have a feeling right now we could get a very bad football game, which could be uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Duck Hodges going into Arrowhead um, at four thirty, which that would be just, <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to watch that. That sounds terrible. Um, should get a very good night game. Um, Probably be a Cowboys game, right? Secretly hoping for 49ers-Cowboys. I think that would be some real juicy stuff. I don't really need to see Seahawks-Cowboys again. Seen that? Um, Seen that the one. Other, the other NFC game would be um, potentially – what Vikings Saints? Vikings Saints or or Packers? Vikings Packers. Yeah, I guess the Vikings can even go up to the two seed depending on what happens here. So there's a lot in play. Um, so I should get. I, I kind of like that Steeler game. Oh God! Why? Well, I I think the Steelers will be able to run the ball, and their defense can keep them in it. Okay. I'll take Chiefs minus 10. <laughs> as far as – I'd rather see that than like a, a Titans-Chiefs game, wouldn't you? Well, let's be honest. If Steelers-Chiefs if, – if it's Steelers-Chiefs and Bills-Texans, we're going to see Bills-Texans at 430. That's, that's a lock. Um, yeah. Which – I that'll actually probably be a good game. Yeah. Um, just nobody ever has any interest in those two franchises, I don't think. But I think that could be a pretty good football game. Yeah, I think so, too. So we'll see. We'll see how things shake out. I'm obviously stoked about the playoff fantasies, playoff fantasy as well. Um, you know, Papa Kaz is pumped about that as well. So guess while I have you guys here, um, I might as well ask your opinions. I know I've been talking to you cause about it all week. Um, the last couple of weeks still got, uh, some options here for survivor pool that I need to make a pick this week. Um, looks like we're down to San Francisco and Denver as the options. 
Anyone else? Any what? Where, which direction do you think you guys would go? I would go Denver. We have we have San Francisco, Denver. We have the Steelers. We have uh, Atlanta is a bit, is one of the bigger favored teams. Um, you said you like Jacksonville to come out hot in that game, though. No, no, I I, I don't. I mean, that's. That's barely a statement. That's that seems bad. Yeah. I, I like the Niners. Um, I think I also. I don't know if you still have them, but I, I like the Titans. I, I think I think the Titans beat the Saints. We do. We do have the Titans. You can't. You can't put money on that, dude. Come yeah, on. There's. There's. Why are people saying that? Yeah, that's. Thought has crossed my mind. Um, that's that's a lot to be laying laying on the Titans. It, it's just such a weird line. I mean, it seems like a Saint no brainer pick, right? Minus two and a half, but I think it's a letdown spot for them after their huge showing on Monday night. Okay, we'll see. I'll run Hopefully. it by the group. Hopefully you, uh, hopefully you guys have have a win there and, and get to week seventeen. So, yes, all right, sir. gentlemen, thank you for joining me for the championship pod. Uh, we might do one next week just to recap and look forward to twenty twenty. I think it's always um, a favorite podcast of Phil's to um, kind of preview the keepers for twenty twenty. It's usually. You know, after being irrelevant for a couple of weeks, it's usually a good time for him to talk about his team every year. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, us non-playoff teams love to talk about keepers for the next yes, season. Yes, yes, yep. Um, take your shots while you can, buddy. It's not going to last forever. So, no, big, big stacks, big <laughs> stacks will be fine. Um, but yeah, we'll probably get together next week. Um, Shane, if you win, I'm sure you're going to want to talk about it. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, but otherwise, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week to crown the fifth champion in Sons of Fantasy Football League history. Thanks, guys, and I'll talk to you next week.